I imagine it true that we've all had our trials by fire. These experiences in which uh, we learn what we need to know in the moment because there was no time to prepare before it. Circumstances didn't allow that. We've all been tested and tempered by the searing effects of rapid change and loss and even sudden increase or positive turns. Fire. Heat, fuel, air. In cosmology, fire lights up the sun and moon and stars and celestial firmament. Fire has brilliance and spirit and symbolizes the life force within us. It represents the metamorphic state. I remember learning sometime around my grade school years that people actually burned their lawns or pastures on purpose because it made the grass grow back greener and more fertile. That was kind of hard to wrap my head around. But among the stories of my childhood, there were also tales. I grew up in a conservative Christian church. There were also tales in my childhood of God's refining fire. The refiner's fire that was uh, for purifying gold and silver, not burning indiscriminately, but with measured heat and application. You know, whether or not we believe that opportunities for growth are to some extent orchestrated by something greater, whether or not we believe that, the truth is that far more often than not, we learn our lessons through the discomforts of life and usually our greatest lessons from the greatest discomforts of life, the discomfortings. And if the lessons are actually learned and incorporated to achieve something constructive and balanced in our lives, always the, they involve adjustments in our perspectives, our relationships, our thoughts, and or our feelings. We can make these adjustments by oxidizing rapidly, being changed by the pain or light or energy of the fire, or we will no doubt trade the opportunity in on something less desirable, either oxidizing slowly, just rusting and deteriorating, or combusting at an unnatural and even less opportune time when an air hole gets poked in something that's been compacted and stashed and stored for too long. We do at least have that much of a choice in it. But also when I think of fire, I recall the sacred spark of life that essential, holy, inherent flame within each human being, that unchanging, undamaged, unlocatable, 
part of us that is beingness. The people that have come to this church for a while hear me refer to this with some frequency, I think. Meister Eckhart said, there's a place in the soul that neither time nor space nor created thing can touch. And then John O'Donohue went on to say, and that there is a place in you where you've never been wounded, where there's still a sureness in you, where there's a seamlessness in you, and where there is a confidence and tranquility in you. And I think the mention the intention of prayer and spirituality and love is now and again to visit that inner kind of sanctuary. Rosh Hashanah in the Jewish tradition is a time of celebration and loud horns. They blow the shofar and uh, play trumpets and um, it's Happy New Year. We kind of skipped over that piece of the tradition this year. But to mark it, what we will have is the ritual of apples and honey. We have apples with the added sweetness of honey to remind us of both what's good in our lives right now, the sweetness of the apples, or to remind us of what's good right now. And the honey is to mark the added sweetness and goodness that we hope to see come in the coming year enter our lives. Um, so I'll pass around the trays, have the ushers come back. Uh, Robert Smith has uh, agreed to play for us this morning. And I would ask that you have care as you pass things around not to upend all the other honey and, and uh, apples, and in a, in a little while we'll pass around some um, bowls to collect the cups, okay? With a prayer that to the already tender gift of life we enjoy, there might be added an extra measure of sweetness. We offer and receive these tokens.